Welcome to another episode of Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode number 50. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is our illustrious guest, Mr. Mike Hurley from London, England. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Episode 50, I'm honored to be on such a monumental number. Yes, this is what the show has always been about. I was saving it up when I started the show. Building to this moment. The crescendo, right? Yeah. If I'm going to do a coffee show, I have to have a really good reason. Episode 50, Mike Hurley. Okay, I'll do it. And that's what I was thinking at episode one. So how are you doing, Mike? And who are you and what do you do? Uh, My name is Mike Hurley. I am a professional podcaster um, and I am one of the co-founders of the Relay FM Network. Fantastic. There should be a little fanfare, a little relay sting. Relay FM. Yeah, I'm going to bring one of those along now. I'll make it a prerequisite of all of my future podcasting appearances. Good, good, good. And while you've been producing all kinds of various fun podcasts, I noticed that you have this one very uh, craft-centric interest podcast. You have the Pen Addict podcast. I want to mention it now because it was actually one of the inspirations for our show. Because the way that y'all dove deeply into pens and paper and writing utensils and just writing in general was an inspiration to me when I was thinking, do I really want to do this? Do we have enough material to cover for an an indefinite number of episodes? All I had to do is look up the pen addict and see that y'all had been talking about, you know, the pens for hours for well over a hundred episodes. And I was like, yep, I think we could do this. There's a lot to cover about coffee. So we have a lot to work with. Yeah, we're closing in on 200. And is a, um, I'm very pleased to hear that actually, because the pen addict is the kind of, it, for me anyway, it's the proof that you can have a podcast about anything because people are always interested in the things you're interested about and that there is niche content available for everyone. Hmm. Now, how do you take your pens? <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you recommend to people right off the bat? Uh, what episode should they start with if they wanted to get their feet wet? So this is a real difficult one because there's 184 episodes. Uh, but I really, if, if you are brand new, I would really recommend going to the beginning. And simply because over the course of the years, mine and Brad's tastes have changed. And we started off both relatively simple, liking kind of rollerballs and stuff like that. And have now over the years have worked our way up to more expensive and interesting stuff and fountain pens. And now I'm starting to get into mechanical pencils. So it's an interesting journey. And and I know people that have gone back to the beginning and they find it very valuable. Mm. Uh, But otherwise um, you could just jump in wherever. I mean, I think we have, we've had a couple of episodes about glossaries and stuff like that. We should, you should check out. There's, There's a ton of stuff there. What I like about that kind of show is it's really not dependent on current events and the news. So it is that kind of show where you can go back and you can just run a marathon of the pen addict. If you're taking a long road trip or something, get five or six episodes. Mm-hmm. That was one of the ideas I had with Top Brew. I wanted a show where people could go back and appreciate an older episode because the topics were still relevant. And with coffee being what it is, it's it's not like the the uh, tricks of the trade and what's available to consumers is going to change all that much from year to year. So episode 13 is still very relevant. Now you, uh, how do you take your coffee, Mike? So I tend to have milk in my coffee. I very rarely will I have any sugar. Okay. Well, when you say milk, are you talking about 2%? And that's what we call it in America. I don't know what y'all do. Well, uh, I 
have semi-skimmed milk. I don't know what that translates to. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what we call it, semi-skimmed, yeah. Okay, I'm guessing that we would call that 1%, which was around for a while. Maybe 2%, but I'm not sure. Now, why did you fall upon that choice? Was it for dietary reasons, or did you prefer the taste? Uh, I do prefer the taste of whole milk, so like whole fat milk. But in all honesty, it's not mass- when you put it in coffee, it's not massively different in taste, really. And it's just because it's, you know... Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Try try not to have whole fat, right? Like, just try not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, with the exception of cheesecakes. Um, you know, that that's my that's my weak spot. But I agree. And the, one of the things I had a frustration with with coffee growing up was I believed the only way to take it was with all the creams and sugars. And I just wanted to get my sweet stuff from something else. I wanted to get my, my rich foods from someplace else. So it took me a while. Yeah, if I go to like a Starbucks or something then I won't drink coffee that way. I'll get it with like their syrups in and all that stuff because my kind of feeling about Starbucks is it's not really coffee the way that I like coffee. So I treat it as just like a fun sugary drink. Mm, yeah, me too. I think the first beverage that really that really stuck with me at Starbucks was the white chocolate mocha with a shot of raspberry. Well, look at that. Yeah, that, that was the way I roll and that's the way I have to this day. What got me into coffee was caramel frappuccinos. And then kind of, I, that was my first coffee experience. And if I ever go to a Starbucks, I'll tend to get something with caramel on it. Because, you know, and I enjoy that. And it's not putting Starbucks down. It's just not the way that I like to drink coffee. So I treat it as a, a kind of a, a different beverage. Right, right. Well, we'll talk about your brewing setup and uh, how you take your coffee and other ways how you get to that point in a minute. But I, this question, you sound a little bit uh, lofty, but I wanted to ask you, I ask all of our guests, what is the most important thing about coffee to you? These days, I think that now coffee is important to me because it, it, I am at that part in my life, I think, where I need it to get me going in the day. Mm. And I can see that. I mean, that's, that's true for so many people. And, and one of the things I do is uh, when my alarms go off, I, I get up, I never hit the snooze button, but I don't usually feel like getting up at the time I need to, to get ready to take the kids to school. And I go start the kettle to heat up the water kettle to get our coffee. And yeah, my motivation is that has to be the first thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also really enjoy coffee. You'd say that that was maybe what got you into coffee was the fact that you just really enjoyed it. And then now it's changed. Yeah, I love the taste and, and I like the way it makes me feel. You know, it just makes me feel better. Um, and it helps me get going in the day. Like I have a bunch of things, but, it, but really it's like the effect that it has on my moods in the morning and my working ability really makes coffee an important thing for me now. Okay. Well, well, then if it is the thing that you use in the morning to get going, then how many coffees do you drink a day? What is your routine and why? I only have one a day usually. Um, and that's mainly because I, I do still feel the caffeine effects from coffee. And I like that that's still the case. And I don't want to lose that anytime soon. So... I drink one a day, so it doesn't, you know, send me crazy throughout the day. And then on specific days, maybe days where I'm extra tired or days where I've got a lot to do, I might have a second coffee. Um, but that tends to be the majority of the coffee that, that I'll take in a day. Um, I use the AeroPress and I use the inverted method of the AeroPress. And that's how I, I make my coffee every day. Huh. Okay. Well, now that you move to the AeroPress, then what got you to the AeroPress? 
And what was it some coffee that you tried from someone else or did you just pick one up at the store or? It was a kind of gift to myself when I was approaching being full time because I always enjoyed coffee, but never had the time to make it when I was working in an office job. And I knew that so many people that I know that enjoy coffee used an AeroPress. Like that was the way that they brewed their coffee. So when it came time for me to go out in the world on my own, I saw it as like a kind of like a congratulations you now you get to have this every day. Huh. So before that then, were you using a Keurig or an electric drip? Uh, before that, it was always just like, I, I didn't make anything at home. Oh, okay. So, so what you had was at the offices? Yeah, like Starbucks and Costa Coffee, which is a chain we have in the UK. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. Well then, okay, with your AeroPress then, how do you grind your beans or do you grind, how do you measure, you know, stuff like that? How do you get your water up to the right temperature? I don't, I don't grind here. Um, I do have a Hario grinder, one of the handheld ones, on the off chance that I'll buy some beans from somewhere because I, I do that sometimes. You know, like I go somewhere and, and have a, a really great coffee or two and then I might pick up some of the beans from that place. But that's less frequent because the handheld Hario grinder can be a bit of a pain to use at times. And yeah. So I'm thinking about, yeah, yeah I'm, th- I'm thinking about upgrading to an electric model, but I don't have the space in my current kitchen setup, so that's something that I'm going to look at at some point in the future. Uh, so I get my coffee uh, in the mail from a UK service called Pact, which is very much like Tonks, you know, which I think was bought by Blue Bottle. Um, but they send me a vacuum sealed Ziploc bag, basically, of coffee every week. And that's that's where my coffee comes from. Mm. Well, then, and how did you get on board with their coffee and their, their subscription model? Oh, I wish I could remember how I found Pact. Um, but I was always looking for a service like that, uh, you know, because I, I wanted to, to get Tonks, but we can't get that in the UK. And I haven't, I hadn't found any other distributor. I think I saw them in some advertising somewhere uh, and tried them out. And I've been using the, yeah, their coffee for well over a year now, probably nearly two years. Um, I'm really impressed. They send new stuff every week. You can say what you like and what you don't like, and they, they tailor it to that. And one of my favorite things that they do is they sometimes get like special coffees, you know, that they'll find from somewhere. Uh, they'll find a, a limited blend that they really like and, you can buy that as extra from them. And, and I just did that, actually. They, they've had a Christmas blend. And I, I really like the way that they do things. And I, and I always love the coffees that they give. And if there's anything that I don't like, I can just go into my account, say I don't like this, and I'll never get that one again. So mm. it's, it's a pretty good service, and they deliver it weekly. And I'm always impressed by the quality. Okay, well, then, now that you've mentioned it, with all the different kind of roasts that are available to you, do you prefer the medium roasts? Is that is that more or less what most people drink in London, England, or do you shake things up with the roast profile as well? I'm just curious because I've noticed in America there is a tendency on the West Coast and in the North to stick to medium roasts, and then in the South, there's a lot of us that prefer the dark roasts. Uh, I believe that they do the like majorly medium roast, and I think that's what I would tend to prefer. I have had some darker roasts and do like them uh, as well, but I think I kind of stay a little bit kind of middle of the road on that one. Now, one of your friends in podcasting, this is uh, just a side thing I thought about, is our friend Marco, mm-hmm. and he's a great guy. He loves his coffee, and he's been a coffee enthusiast for many years now, and now he's been roasting at home. You recently had some of his coffee, and what would you say is his go-to? And did you feel like 
it was it was the kind of coffee you expect, or was it, it was it more exotic and unique in a way, custom tailored to his tastes, and uh, perhaps trying to be a bit different? I was just curious because he's often mentioned it, and he's written about coffee, and uh, I was always wondering, like, mm, I wonder what Marco's coffee is like. Yeah, Marco tends to roast a little darker. Um, he goes for the second crack when he roasts. Um, and I've seen him do it. I, I, he gave me the whole tour of it, and, and his coffee is as good as you would imagine it to be. It was fantastic. You just took your 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 one percent, your two percent milk as usual. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, uh, and he was fine with that. Okay, cool. I did try it without, and it was nice, but it's just not my preferred. Gotcha. Well, I'll take a moment here to thank our continual sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting the Top Brew Podcast and this uh, the the podcast website. Thrasher is the craft roaster from the heart of the South. And like I said a minute ago, they like their dark roasts. They especially make fresh roasts, though, for you. If you want that subscription model like Mike takes advantage of, you can get your roasts delivered to your door within 48 hours of purchase here in the States. I love their coffee and receive my freshly roasted order every two weeks. And personally, I can recommend them for their craftsmanship and my satisfaction from hundreds of delicious brews. Thrasher has a medium roast, if that is what you prefer, and I actually had it this morning. It's quite tasty if you use a pour-over method, and I've, I think I've finally mastered what kind of brewing recipe I need for a medium roast. I'm very happy about that because it took me a while to figure out a good medium recipe. But then there's also the medium dark roasts that they have, and the dark roast, I, I prefer their medium darks. They're my favorites. But they also have a specialty blend of medium dark and dark coffee beans. You got all the above. You can find something to suit your tastes. And in just a few clicks at thrashercoffee.com, you get your favorites by the pound and shipped to you at their peak freshness. If you want to give their roast a try first, you don't have to use the subscription. You can order by the pound, give it a try, and see what you like. Thrasher's premium coffee does not come at the premium price of other craft roasters. All their roasts are $17.99 plus $5 shipping on the total order when you subscribe for a regularly delivered pound or more of your favorite beans. And Thrasher always treats our listeners like the handsome coffee drinkers that y'all are. Get 25% off a purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. So my thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting Top Brew, which is the world's best coffee podcast. I don't imagine you actually get the occasion to try much in the way of craft coffee here in the States, though, Mike. Um, I've had some. You know, I, I've spent quite a bit of time in Portland. So I've had, you know, some of the best coffee that Portland has to offer, which is as fantastic as you would imagine. You know, I always enjoy Blue Bottle. Um, I was just in New York and got to have some Blue Bottle coffee there, which I love. And obviously in San Francisco as well. It is something that I look out for whenever I am somewhere. Especially, it's always good for me when I'm staying with a friend or I'm seeing spending time with friends because they tend to know where the good coffee is. Well, then in the reverse, I got to ask you if I'm over in London anytime soon, where would you recommend I get some good coffee? There is tons of great coffee in London now. What is your favorite then? Um, there is a place in Shoreditch, which is a, a little area in East London, and they have a little coffee shop called uh, Nude and it's two buildings across the road from each other. One is a big roastery that they have because they provide coffee beans to all types of coffee shops in and around uh, the UK. And then they have a small coffee shop called Nude Espresso. I really like their coffee a lot, but it's one of the only coffees in London that I will actually take sugar in. 
Uh, it's just, just ever so slightly too harsh. Once I add a little bit of sugar, it really perfects it. And and I love the, the coffee store. I love everything about it. They give you coffee in the tiny little mugs that you get in these hipster places in London. So that's another big thing that I very much enjoy. Mm. Um, but yeah, nude is definitely one of my favorites. Well, then related to that, do you enjoy working in a coffee shop when you have the chance? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really work in coffee shops too often. I'll go for a coffee to start a day where I'm going to be working outside. And I might do some light work. Um, but if I'm working outside of the home, I'm usually working in my co-working space. I just prefer the energy of people working in a place that they pay for as opposed to the kind of the obligation that you have of being in a coffee shop. Like I always feel like I'm not buying enough stuff. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same pressure. It, it feels awkward at best. There was a while there where I lost my internet connection at home last year and the best internet in town was at a Starbucks about 15 minutes away. I'd go over there and it was really fast internet. And I'd be there, you know, at breakfast time and then through lunch. And I'm thinking I better get up and buy something just because that's just the fact of the matter. And so with coffee houses, I, uh, I tend to be careful about my choices of when I'm going to work there. If I want to work there, I actually like coffee houses for the occasion of a meetup. And then usually I just got to be careful about getting too nerdy about the coffee itself. If I'm there with friends that are not as enthusiastic about their coffee as I am. But then, so you get around London for a variety of coffees and you have the coffee at home. I got to ask because you are British and every now and then it comes up. Uh, what do you do about tea? Do you have tea? Do you take tea and coffee to shake things up? I'm just curious. How does that work? My tea uh, consumption is minimal. It's usually like I will have it for the sake of having it on an occasion um, so if I ever drink tea, it's uh, either a peppermint tea, because I quite like peppermint tea, or some kind of like loose leaf fruit tea of some description, just to be fancy if it's available. Like we had a, a sponsor on some Relay FM shows recently who sent me some great kind of fruit teas and things like that, which I really like, and some just some interesting flavors, and sometimes I'll have one of those. But other than that, like if I'm going to drink like a, a black tea, I'll go for an Earl Grey. But it's rare that I'll do this. It's kind of maybe just I am somewhere and I'm like, oh, well, there's Earl Grey. Oh, I fancy an Earl Grey. But it's rare that I'll do that. So was that sort of a personal preference then? You just, you're just not into tea like the whole country is? or I just prefer the taste of coffee to tea. Oh, nice. I mean, the majority of people that I know prefer tea. It's just what people grow up with here. And coffee is an American thing. Mm. But it is becoming more and more of a thing, more, much, much more of a thing in the UK, especially people of my age. But yeah, I just, I just never really took to tea, and I just don't think it fits my flavor profiles. Yeah, here in the South, we take our sweet iced tea, and it's never really stuck to me. I love sweet iced tea. I really do. I love iced tea. Yeah. Whenever I'm in the states, in somewhere that is is good for that, then I will, I will get some. So like, I always love, and will drink uh, quite a few buckets full of iced tea when I'm in Memphis <laughs> or when I was in Atlanta, you know, I, I like to get iced tea in those places. Nice. Yeah. The thing is, is there's really no good iced tea around my town. Yeah. I, I, so I, I make my tea at home. If I have tea, I like to make it when uh, we're fighting some colds and we'll get any kind of tea we can get our hands on and make some hot teas, fruit teas, black teas, whatever. And I, I do enjoy the stuff. Add a lot of honey. I'm sure I'm adulterating the tea by any of your British standards. But I read an article once by, I think it was um, Christopher Hitchens, who's uh, well known on the internet and uh, before he passed away. 
And I read an article where he talked about tea and how he preferred to take it. And he was giving advice to us Americans and what not to do. And I basically just followed his recipe ever since. And uh, hmm. I feel like I'm not hitting the mark, but I'm probably closer than uh, most of us other Americans around here. Well, then uh, now moving into the deeper things for the future of your coffee beverages, Mike, you mentioned earlier that you might invest into a uh, an electric burr grinder. Now, do you think that is there other coffee gear that you'd like to experiment with? I mean, are you even tempted by, say, something that some people would argue is more efficient or easier, like a Keurig? What do you make of Keurigs? And how do you feel about other nerdy coffee gear like the pullovers, like the, the Hario V60? I'm really interested in trying one of those pour over ones. You know, like the I think the V60 maybe is the one where it kind of looks like a science set. Right. Well, it look well it looks like a huge cone on top of a carafe. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I'm interested in that. But no, I'm thinking of the one. Oh, what is it called? Where you've got like the the glass bowl. They look like a siphon. Yeah. Yeah, siphon. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in trying that method as well, just because it looks kind of cool. Outside of that, I'm interested. I'm interested in, in getting an, an electric burr grinder just so I can kind of expand in that way. Um, and I'm interested in trying a couple of different methods. Uh, but that is, I think, as far as I've gotten so far. Okay, well then, have you tried any of the pour-overs to date, or is, is it just something you'd like to get your hands on and think about? Uh, I've, I've tried pour-overs, and they're, they're nice. Like, you know, if you get it from a good place, like, I've, you know, especially places in America that I've been to, I've had coffee in that way, um, and I've had coffee from a siphon, and, and it's all been good. I don't think I've had enough of it to really be able to necessarily notice a difference, right? Mm. Because it's just like, this coffee is really great, but it could be anything. And it's still really great because you're getting it made by professionals. So I'm more interested to see how it would taste with the way that I make it, you know? So yeah, then I could compare yeah. it to my AeroPress method. That's the thing is that uh, with the French press and the AeroPress, you get more of the coffee oil extraction, I think that that rounds off a good cup of coffee in general. It makes it easier to make a good cup of coffee when you have those oils. And it's just, you have to be much more precise, much more exact when you're making pour over type coffee with your recipes. If, if you don't hit the mark without those oils, it just seems to be a harder to find something that suits my taste. I guess I went through about a month's worth of Kalita wave pour over coffee before I found something just right that I enjoy as much as a French press or an AeroPress coffee brew. And now that I've got it though, I'm pretty content. I'm very, I'm thinking that they are on par with the other devices, the other presses. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend the pour overs like the Hario V60. You can't go wrong with any of their makes. They got so many options. So find one that just looks good in your kitchen, but, but when you get it, don't give up, like give it a shot for a few weeks and experiment with the water temperature and, you know, how many grounds you're using, et cetera, until you find something that seems just right. Because if you're used to the AeroPress, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like the AeroPress is hard to beat in terms of it just makes it so easy to get a really good result in every brew. Yeah, that that was why one of the reasons that I went with the AeroPress, you know, like when I was speaking to people about this stuff, is it just seems like it is easy to to make a reproducible good coffee. Well, coming full circle then, one of the first things you mentioned was caffeine and you're concerned about, you know, getting the benefit from it and not overdoing it. Are you wary about other beverages you have then try to bottle it down to your coffee a day? I have caffeine in other 
like sodas and things like that. But because you are a podcaster and you burned the candle at both ends for a while, I I, yeah. I imagined you used to have more caffeine. Definitely. But it's weird to me, though, that the caffeine in other beverages doesn't affect me as much as the caffeine in coffee. Like, I can have a Red Bull, right? And it doesn't affect me as much as the coffee does. Mm. And I think it's part psychological um, as to why it affects me as much as it does. Like, there's just something in my brain where I'm like, coffee means work time. Uh, <laughs> but whatever it is that's doing it, it works and I love it. Well, then, about that caffeine, do you know if you're using any particular kind of beans like, well, you, you from your subscriptions, do you notice if they're Arabica in general or if they're using some Robusto? And the reason I ask is because I would think that, <clears throat> what is it called, Pax? Pact, P-A-C-T. Okay. I would think that Pact would be using would be using mostly Arabica, which would be on the low end of the, the caffeine versus the Robusto. I have to be wary about this because like you, I don't want to go overboard and I actually get caffeine headaches from having too much. It's usually if I have more than three cups of coffee in a day, I feel like taking an Advil. When when I'm having my coffee, if it's Arabica, like at, you can get it a lot of the quick service restaurants, I have to be super careful. I can't drink more than half a cup of their coffee before I'm on overload. And did you kind of experience that kind of overload when, when you try different coffees abroad? Um, I don't think so. Cause I, as I said, I'm, I'm quite good at controlling the amount that I'll have. Uh, I don't recall ever having so much coffee that has given me a headache, mm. but I can see how I could go that way. But like, I'm, 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 I remain pretty good at, at keeping my intake. Good. It's it's an easy problem to solve. It's just uh, one though that we always have to be thinking about. I remember it was a while back. We'll have a link to this in the show notes that Federico Vitici on, I think it was Connected. It may have gone all the way back to the prompt, but I don't think so. On Connected, he was talking about an app for tracking your caffeine intake yep. with a variety of coffee beverages. And it's really useful. I used it for a while and it was pretty good. It would show you just how much caffeine you probably have left in your system and it would run its course for 10, 20, even 40 hours if you really amped up how much coffee you had in your system. And you could customize it to what kind of beverage you drink. And then you would just have a good tracker. So you kind of know like what you can expect to get in the way of sleep tonight. Yeah, Federico drinks a lot of coffee. So he has to kind of rightly so track what he's having. So it doesn't have too many ill effects on him. Well, then just one last question for you, Mike. Yeah. Uh, what do you do in the way of mugs? What is your favorite mug? Do you have a favorite mug and why? <laughs> because I only have one coffee a day, I like it to be a big one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So really it's the two for one. Yeah. I figure I'm going to do it once. I have a big cup of coffee. So I have two mugs that, that I love. They're both American mugs because you can get those big American mugs, right? <laughs> um, I have one that I got from Portland. Um, which I love, and I have one that I got from Las Vegas. Uh, so whenever I'm in the States these days, like I, I look out for big mugs, and if I see one that I like the look of, I pick it up. But yeah, that's that's how I tend to have my coffee when I'm making it at home. Uh, when I'm out um, in London, uh, I prefer to go to places that give you coffee in small cups because those coffees and, and you know most good coffee that I enjoy has an effect what I call the face buzzing effect. Uh, like if I if I drink a really good coffee with good caffeine levels, um, I get a tingling in my face, which I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> and that so that's what you, I tend to find from these places in London because they tend to be 
quite strong and that's you know me and my girlfriend refer to it as the face buzzing kind of coffee <laughs> and we know we've had a good coffee if our faces are buzzing <laughs> nice well mike thank you that'll wrap it up excellent do you think i could get a picture of your favorite mug i'll just throw into the the post actually yes because I, I took a picture on instagram recently so i will find that for you and send you a link good deal well, thank you, Mike, for being our gracious guest for episode 50. I'm glad that we could align our schedules to make it a little bit special for this episode. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again for joining us for episode 50 of Top Brew, all you listeners. You will find the show notes at toprew.fm slash podcast slash 50. If you would like updates from Top Brew, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at toprewfm. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash toprewfm. If you have coffee topics that you wanted to discuss with us, uh, send those to us on Twitter with hashtag AskTopBrew, and we'll respond to you in another episode. And if you're a barista, a roaster, a connoisseur, or just your average Joe, or your talented British podcaster with a passion about coffee, please email us about getting an interview on another episode of the show. Send those to joe at topbrew.fm. What listeners really want to hear are people that care about coffee and relish it as much as they do. Lastly, I want to give a special thanks again to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, to show your support of this podcast. Enjoy their coffees and let them know that we sent you. Use that coupon code now anytime that you want for 25% off of your order. That coupon code is TOPBREW, and that gives you 25% off. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks again for listening to the Top Brew Podcast. <laughs>